You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 2nd of March. I'm Paul Ward from our Customer Treasury Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB's Chief Economist Oliver Mangan to discuss recent developments on the financial markets and we'll also take this opportunity to look at the performance of the UK economy. Good morning, Ollie. If we can Good morning. start... Good morning. Uh, we can start with the UK economy. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has had a particularly severe impact on the UK economy. GDP contracting by 10% in 2020. Uh, and more recently, we've seen a very weak retail sales data and downbeat PMI services data. Uh, the UK budget is due tomorrow. So what's your overall assessment of the UK where we're at at the moment? And what can we expect from the budget tomorrow? Well, uh, as you said, the, the impact of the pandemic has been more severe in the UK than elsewhere. I think primarily reflecting the fact that the lockdown has been more severe there. They've had more, many more cases of, of, of COVID, etc. So they, they've had three lockdowns at this stage. And you, you mentioned a figure there, the UK economy contracted by 10% last year. The equivalent figure for the Eurozone was 6.8% and the US was 3.5%. So the UK is certainly had a very, very weak year last year. And obviously the economy has gone back into a very broad-based lockdown again to start the year. And the indications are from the data we had so far in 2021 that GDP will contract uh, in the opening quarter of the year. Now, it'll be nothing like the scale of contraction we saw last year. Um, yeah. Parts of the economy remain open, like manufacturing and construction. And the ser- many parts of the services sector are learning to better cope with lockdowns in terms of remote working, online sales, etc. But nonetheless, it'll be a weak start to the year. But the big game changer in the UK is the pace of the rollout of the vaccines there. And you may have seen over the weekend, 20 million people have been vaccinated in the UK already. I mean, that's 30% of the population. And apart, uh, Ali, from, uh, apart from Israel, say, they're well ahead of other economies in that regard. Grant, uh, what about Europe, Ali, in that comparison? Because I did hear a figure myself this morning around 6 or 7%. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, I think it's of the order of 5 to 6%. I mean, we are here in Ireland getting the vaccines out as quick as they arrive. We were slower to approve the vaccines. Um, they did emergency approval in the US and the UK. They did do that in Europe. So we're behind the curve in terms of the rollout of the vaccines. What it means in the UK is that in the second quarter, they will be able to reopen their economy. And also the expectations would, would heading for a large percentage of the population being vaccinated over the next number of months, that it will be a sustained reopening of the economy and that they'll get on top of the COVID-19 pandemic. And that will lay the basis for a very strong recovery in the economy over the next couple of years. Obviously, the, the scope of the UK is greater, for it to rebound is greater than elsewhere because the recession was deeper there. So yeah. we have quite, even though it's a weak start of the year, the expectation is that the economy will grow by 45 to 5% this year and uh, of the order of 5% next year. And the Bank of England is even talking about growth of 7% next year. So it has been a weak start of the year, but given the, the, the pace at which the vaccines have been rolled out, the efficacy of the vaccines, the expectations is we will see a very strong rebound in the UK economy. And, and that really forms the backdrop for the budget tomorrow in the UK. Now, okay. one of the consequences of the very deep recession is left it's left a much bigger hole in the UK finances than elsewhere. The budget deficit for the fiscal year uh, ended in March is of the order of 18% of GDP. I mean, that's double the levels of the Eurozone. Uh, yeah. But again, the recession there has been very, very severe in the UK. Now, 
the Chancellor has no option but to extend supports um, until mid-year, until the economy really, there's a broad-based reopening. But there are expectations that he could signal that you know fiscal tightening's got to come down the road in the UK, possibly from next year onwards. And what's widely been discussed is possible increases in corporation tax rates over the next three or four years. In other words, a series of increase in, in the corporation tax rate. And there may well be other tax hikes announced, but probably not tomorrow. That's very interesting, Ollie. So, um, but nothing, you, we, we're not expecting anything then maybe on the personal tax point of view? No, no, nothing, no, no. I mean, policy needs to remain supportive. Uh, yeah. He's already indicating over the weekend that he'll extend the supports that are in place there. Uh, the furlough scheme in particular supports a business. They will last till mid-year. They obviously, they obviously cost money. So I think the view is that we have, or we has to support the economy while it remains in lockdown until the recovery gets underway. But yeah. once the economy is, once the recovery is firmly established, we are likely to see what we call fiscal tightening in the UK uh, over the next number of years, probably starting in 2022. As I said, they have a particularly large budget deficit to close there. So, but in the near term, budget policy will remain supportive of the economy. Can I can I ask you then, Ollie? Just looking back at last week, um, we've seen a lot of volatility in in euro sterling. There was there was probably a, a kind of two percent range, uh, as low as eighty five fifty, up as high as eighty seven fifty. What was driving the the volatility more so last week than than previously? Well, I think the uh, may well have been profit taking. The, the backdrop in the UK, the improved economic outlook has seen a hardening of interest rate expectations. And what I mean by that is that even maybe four, six weeks ago, uh, certainly at the start of the year, the expectation was that UK rates could be cut again, they could even go negative. That yeah. has been flipped on its head completely. And now markets, markets thought, you know, the, the, the base rate of the bank rate in the UK is 0.1%, just above zero at the present time. And markets, you know, at the start of the year, thought that wouldn't increase until 2025. They've actually moved to discount a rate hike in the UK by next summer. Sorry, that's summer of, of next year. And that, that is you know, an incredible change in rate expectations from expecting further rate cuts move to regular negative rates to now expecting rate hikes starting in the second half of next year. That obviously has been very supportive of sterling. So sterling has made good ground in the first couple of months of the year. Obviously, we had the trade deal negotiated with the EU uh, uh, last Christmas. But yeah. you know, the, the improved, really what's been behind the sterling rise has been the improved expectations for the economy driven by the faster roll of the vaccines and that translating into expectations that the UK could be maybe the first economy to see rates rise. Now, I think that's that might be stretching a bit, but at the same time, we had the Bank of England chief economist out on Friday and yeah. talking about a risk that the, the inflation tiger, as he called it, has been stirred by the extraordinary events and policy actions of the last 12 months. Now, he's talking globally, not just in the yeah. UK. And he says, the greatest risk for me at present is that of central bank complacency, uh, complacency of allowing inflation out of the cat out of the bag. There's tangible risk that inflation proves more difficult to tame than we currently think. So that's the man who's talking about negative interest rates three months ago. Uh, and he's the chief economist of the Bank of England. So that gives you a flavour of, of the, the changed backdrop in the UK, the increase in optimism around the currency and how that has seen sterling rise. Now, as you say, last week, there was a lot of volatility there. There was a lot of volatility in markets generally. We've seen sharp rises in 
bomb yields. That has yeah. undermined the rally in stock markets. Sterling doesn't like volatility in markets, so that put a bit of downward pressure on sterling. They're all they're also may well have been profit taking because of the sharp move in sterling. I mean, sterling against the dollar has risen from one thirty five to one forty year to date. The euro has fallen back below eighty seven P from ninety P. So suspect especially with end month last Friday, they may well have been profit taking. There was volatility in markets and that saw sterling move around a bit. But sterling has regained its composure at the start of this week. You know, the euro's back below eighty seven P. We're back up at one forty against the dollar. And it certainly looks fairly well underpinned in the near term, given that improving outlook for the UK economy. Can I, can I ask you just a question then, Ollie, right? So from, from that Euro sterling perspective, um, for me, and, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, the market continues to prioritise COVID news over Brexit news. And then I suppose with last week as well, in relation to rising yields, and we see, I think, yields were up by 50 basis points, if I have that right, and longer term rate in the UK as well, obviously comparable to Europe. But does that at some stage change in your view, Ali? Like, I mean, does the Brexit news come back to the forefront at some stage and, and possibly impact on that currency exchange rate? The impact is not immediate. It, what it does is it's seen as reducing the growth potential of the economy over a three to five year view. But the most immediate thing here is we've had a deep recession, a further contraction output in quarter one, but the economy is set to rebound very sharply from quarter yeah. two onwards. But I think over time, you're probably right concerns about the impact, the long-term impacts of Brexit will have on UK trade, on UK investment, will come more into play. So, and, and you know, just looking at where Stern has traded in recent times, the euro is, is going back to the referendum back in June of 2016, uh, for nearly five years ago at this stage, the euro has the lowest bid is eighty three, eighty four p against sterling. So I think yeah. you know, sterling may continue to rally. The euro may the the euro may, the euro may drop back to that sort of level eighty three, eighty four, eighty five p. But there's massive support there. Going yeah. beyond that, you'd have to have confidence that okay, there will be a there will certainly be a strong bounce to the economy as it recovers from a very deep COVID recession. But will there be long term damage to the UK economy from Brexit? And we see ongoing rows with the. EU around things like financial services. There's a yeah. row brewing there. So the trade deal was very limited. But naturally, at the present, the, the focus of politicians, the focus of the markets is very much on COVID. That's front okay. and centre. And that's what's driving the currency markets and the expectation that we could see a strong rebound in the UK. And yeah. that we might actually see rate hikes, if not in 2022. Um, I think maybe not waiting for the period we expected at the start of the year that we wouldn't see rate hikes in 2025 in the UK. So that's certainly helping to underpin sterling at the present time. Okay, Ali. The only other thing I want to check with you is um, on, on Friday is the US payrolls figured you out. And I know over the last couple of weeks you've given plenty of focus to the dollar. So it's really just to, to just give a sense of what you expect from the figures on Friday because obviously it has a tendency to, to move the market. Yeah, well, I think for February, these are February data, right? I'm not one of the first major pieces of data we get in the U.S. economy. Um, I think there's a feeling in markets that the U.S. economy, or the U.S. was hit by some very severe weather right across the country 
over the course of February, and that might dampen data for the month. So we may have to wait until we see March data for uh, pickup and activity. And the Biden, that, that massive fiscal stimulus, that's probably not going to kick in until quarter two. So yeah. uh, as, we, as we referenced before, payrolls in the States, the level of employment in the States is still about 10 million shy of where it was a year ago. So there's only been a partial recovery in the labour market. And that recovery in the labour market ran out of steam over the winter. Uh, you know, you had to pick up and COVID cases there, you had new restrictions on activity, etc. And I think certainly there, there are signs, you know, that the number of COVID cases have fallen back. The, the, their uh, vaccination program is well and truly well underway there in a large-scale vaccination program. But we might see that in the data until March, April, May. Uh, so the expectations are just a modest rise in payrolls on Friday. So that might not be a, a game changer. We, we'll have to wait, I think, for another month before we get to see data in terms of the recovery in the UK economy, or sorry, the US economy, picking yeah. up momentum again. Okay. Ali, many thanks for the update and a big thanks to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to AAB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. And for those customers impacted by the pandemic, you can find details of AOB support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Many thanks. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.